and there. Good evening and good afternoon to LB, who is one of my Question Mark Press colleagues. Hi LB, would you like to introduce yourself and tell us a little bit about yourself? Hi, I'm LB Stimson. I live in Virginia. I write mostly gothic horror. I love the ghost stories. Um, I've got a couple of series out that I'm working on. Just finished up a book that newly released, The Farmhouse at Peace and Plenty. The first one with question mark press. So I'm excited about that. I'm working on, well, my narrator is working on the Audible edition, but um, I've just, I've always been creative. I love photography. I always thought I would be a photographer and people always told me I should be a writer. And I've always worked in communications and writing. And it wasn't until a few years ago that I took it seriously and I had a back injury and it was, I was sitting on the couch, you know, angry and needed something to do. And my husband and I had chatted about my ghosts and wouldn't it be cool if you did this? And I just started handwriting. I love, I'd handwrite a lot, but I just started my first book without any idea about publishing, what goes on, how to do it. I just started writing and here I am. Well, five books later and a few more in the works. And so as a child, did you write um, or were you just a big readers? I think as a child, I did, I used to write poetry. Um, I haven't written poetry for a long time, but I did a lot of reading growing up, um, certain series, you know, when I was littler, you know, the uh, Judy Bloom, when you're a little girl, Judy Bloom and Pippi Longstocking. And then uh, we, my girlfriend and I would sneak historical romances, you know, because we weren't supposed to read those. So, um, you know, always, you know, reading, uh, writing, doing photography, it was always kind of something I always put together. And um, you mentioned your photography and you've got your own page for that, haven't you? And that's something that you're really big on sharing with your readers as well. So they can have a visual idea of your books, which I, I love. I think it's awesome. I do. I think I, I tried it. I've done all of my own covers. Most I have a, a beautiful young lady that has worked as a model for me. Uh, the latest book, The Farmhouse is a old building that's about 10 minutes up the road from me that's falling down that I'm obsessed with. But I love sharing the, the creative process because I think readers want to know, well, how did you get from A to Z and the process? And it did, just didn't happen. And so I always, even when I see people on TV talking about reporting or this and that, I want to know what they're doing off screen or you know all the nitty gritty things that went into making the story. So I do, I share a lot of you know, I will share 20 different cover designs, you know, different options, things like that with the readers, just so they know what's going on. Um, I, I think they seem to like it. And I just think it's, it makes it a fun part of the process. Otherwise, I'm just sitting alone. And I, I need at least to feel like I'm interacting once in a while with outside world. <laughs> and hopefully give the readers an idea of how difficult it actually is to get the book from the idea to being published as well it is it's a long process I mean if I had known about it when I first started going into it I probably would have shied away from it but I just kind of went into it blind feet first and and you know it's been an adventure I've learned a lot definitely learned a lot along the way <laughs> yeah um 
did you always know that if you ever did start writing, it would be that sort of genre? You know, I didn't. Um, I just, I'm, I believe in ghosts and I've had experiences with ghosts. I've talked to them since I was little spirits. And when I sat down to start writing, it just happened naturally. And the, my first publisher was like, you know, this is gothic horror. And I'm like, what? She's like, yeah. And I was like, oh, that sounds cool. <laughs> I mean, I really was, I didn't know. I was just writing a ghost story. I, I wasn't tagging it with a genre. And, and I know it's kind of a, a, a niche market, but I think everyone loves a ghost story at some point, you know, whether it's around the campfire or it's just reading one day or something. I think everybody is intrigued by a ghost story. And I, none of my books are, are gory. I don't write gory ghosts, but I will say the farmhouse is the first ghost story I've written where I, a character has not murdered another character because <laughs> all of my ghosts are from natural, from a blizzard. So it's from a tragedy. So I don't have any, uh, characters that you know committed committed murder in this one, which was a nice break. <laughs> yeah, <I> but <laughs> and would you consider writing any other genres? Um, well, I'm working on a paranormal fantasy, the middle, the young adult middle grade um, one, which starts in 1840s American West with a young girl and goes to 1970. I always, I like that time period because I don't have to deal with modern technology. So no one's worrying about, did you pick up a cell phone or this? I can avoid all modern technology. So I'm working on that. I do have a historical fiction book that I'm working on based on research um, where of a woman where I've worked in her house. She was from the civil war era in America. And I've done a lot of research on her family. And I'm, that's going to be a tough one because it's it's going to be fiction, but it's based on truth. And so I am working on that, but I'll probably stick with what I know and what I enjoy writing is the ghost story. If you were to be transported into any of your books as a character, which one would you choose? I would probably choose uh, my Pale Shade of Winter book, which takes place early 20th century in New Orleans because I've only been to New Orleans once but I love the mystique of New Orleans and um, it's the closest book I've gotten to writing something kind of beautiful but it's still gothic and the characters live in the garden district so I've got a really cool house and things like that so I'd probably take that one. It sounds cool. And what's the most interesting thing you found uh, so far doing research for your books? I've learned, I guess, well, with the farmhouse, which just came out, I learned so much about the truth that there was a colonel that lived there. He died there. He's buried just two miles away at a little cemetery, which I found his, his grave and his first wife's grave. So I, once I delved into this house, I went to the tax office and pulled up property records. And I, I wrote a handwritten letter to the current owners, you know, please, please let me in. They were like, no, it's not safe. I mean, the house was falling down. The backside of it is crumbling because there was some bad renovation. So what I learned was there's more to the story than you first, you know, than you first think, or no, I had no idea there was a, a colonel that lived there that 
had a couple of wives, children born there. You know, he lived just down the road. There were civil war battles on his property. So I thought was really interesting to know that at least I'm preserving the house in a certain way before it probably disappears at some point because it's in such bad shape. So just learning that there are real, real people behind my fictional stories. It's cool. I like it. Yeah, and I think people do as well, don't they? They tend to, especially films, if they're based on true stories, seem to enjoy them more weirdly. They do. And I never, I always, when I would see actors on TV talking about their characters and getting into this, I would kind of roll my eyes a little bit. I thought, oh, come on. But then I get into it and I'm obsessed. And I, you start to think about the characters and what do they wear? What do they think? How did they act? And yeah, I, I get a little obsessive over my characters, definitely. And how did you become to uh, be involved with Question Mark Press? I became involved with Question Mark Press. I had um, seen Jim, um, Jim Odie's posts here and there in different author groups. And I was part of his uh, private author group. And he had put a, um, a message out to everyone saying he was starting something up to work with authors, you know, and are you interested? And I thought, well, yes, I would be interested because I work alone. I'm on my own. My first publisher closed their doors. So I got all my rights back, rebranded everything. And it's been going well, but it's a one woman show. And I thought I would like to at least submit my work and see what they think. And, and thus we have one book out together. It's I'm writing a part, the tales from the parlor room is kind of a standalone series of just individual ghost story books, gothic and ghostly tales, but the farmhouse is a second in the series. So we started with that. And do you like the idea that your books are now more accessible to the British public as well as your own country? I do because, and it's interesting, I, I interact with more authors in in the UK than in America, which is interesting. A, a few here, but it seems it's a different, I don't know, different marketing, different technique, um, different interactions, which has been great. And um, everyone's been great. And I mean, we're all, you know, striving for the same thing, but all supporting one another. And, and I have a, a, my degree is cultural anthropology. So that's probably one reason I love interacting with people in different countries, because you, and even different term terminology and things I'm learning, which, you know, different ways we do things, which I love. It's, it's been a lot. It's been good. Yeah, it's quite interesting with Question Mark Press because you've got people from all over the country, so you'll get to learn our accents and our own phrases and things as well. So yeah, I imagine it's quite a learning experience for you. <laughs> yeah, I've looked a few things up, but you know, but that, you know, that's cool. I, I, it's good. It's you know, it helps even writing because sometimes I think I write with a British accent. Sometimes I don't know why, but with Gothic, you tend to go there a little bit and so it's it's fun it, I think it's helping my writing and if you made any more author friends outside of QMP yes I have I which one thing that's fun and interesting you'll see an author post something in a group and it they don't get any responses but sometimes it's something you're interested in and that's the way I've met I co-host a a gothic book club on Facebook with another gothic author. I met that way. She's in Mobile, Alabama. She writes family gothic. And I just 
said, Hey, and we started chatting and she's like, do you want to help with the page? And I'm like, that'd be great. So, um, we do Gothic readings four times a year. We, you know, everybody reads the same book. We discuss it. We post, you know, what, what are you reading? Everything Gothic from, I do Gothic horror. She does the family Gothic, but everything in between. So, and we've got quite a few authors in there. We just added one from Australia who, um, I saw, she said, I, I think I'm alone out here in the world of Gothic. And I'm like, come on over. We're all here. <laughs> you know, so it's, it's a good, you just kind of, you got to get out of your shell. And that's been tough for me a little bit. I'm basically an introvert. So you've got to get, you got to get out of your shell if you want to make it a go. Yeah, definitely. Only every now and then, I suppose. And then you can go back in and go back to writing. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> And do you have much feedback from readers? Um, feedback is coming along better now. I think since um, this is my fifth book. So I think with the last three, I've done a better job reaching out to readers. And that was one thing I have had to learn how to do. So, um, and with Question Mark Press, their help with the farmhouse launch has been amazing. So I've gotten a lot more feedback. Um, it took me probably a couple years until about two years ago, before I even started a private author group, I was like, how do these people do this? And who wants to be a part of it? And, you know, cause I was like, who's going to want to be in it, but it's grown. It's still small, which is what I want it to be small and intimate, but um, it's um, that's, a, that's been a big th key thing for me is getting more feedback. And um, now that all the books are in audio or audible, that's been helpful. That's a whole new, customer marketing part of publishing. And you've got your blog tour from Zoe yet as well. So that will give you lots more feedback. Yes, I'm looking forward to that. And hopefully the, I think the audio edition of Farmhouse will be done by then. So that'll be able to combine that with the print edition with the blog tour. I've never done a blog tour. This will be my first because I was always too nervous to reach out and try and do something. So yeah, um, Question Mark Press is pushing me to get out of my shell and that's a good thing. Yeah, I'd never participated in blog tours until I met Zoe and she is now called Crazy Blog Lady and she's fine with it. <laughs> I have to do them all. I don't have to do them all actually, that's wrong, but I do do them all to help her. But yeah, so I will be on your blog tour as well. Good. Yeah, no, that's, that's great. I, I mean, it's a whole new thing for me, but I'm amazed at the world of book bloggers that are out there that I'm discovering and learning about. So this is this is a good thing. It's I'm slowly, you know, advancing with what I'm doing. And this is one part of it. Yeah, it'll be good. And so we look after you. So it'll be fine. <laughs> um, do you hide any secret jokes or messages in your books? Um. I, I hide char personal char characteristics in my books. Every one of my characters, I mean, my main villain in my first book, he hums and counts to himself to calm himself down. I do that. Um, that's something I do or, you know, the latest, you know, if just little quirky things that my characters do. All, all of my female characters have a thing for boots because I love boots, uh, cowboy boots. I, I've got too many pairs of boots. So all my characters wear boots. Just, you know, it just makes it a little more real. And I think it's kind of fun just to throw in something. It may, at least it gives you a, a connection with the characters, whether they're good or, or bad. 
And do you have trouble deciding character names? Um, not really. Um, sometimes they just come to me just, you know, like that with um, the characters in my first two books, I pulled the census rolls down from immigrant ships from Ireland because they're Irish immigrants to America. And then, you know, I pulled out names that I thought were pretty and the names that would work. And then a lot of times I just walk the cemetery. I mean, that's a, my one of my biggest hobbies is cemeteries. And I walk and I take down names that from those time periods, you know, the 18th, early 19th century and, um, you know, try to match them up with things. And if it's a character I don't really like, I try to figure out a name that I might find annoying. But um, I try to give at least all the females pretty, pretty names that I think, but the men, I'll, I'll, the men go back and forth a little bit. Irish names are hard as well, aren't they? The spellings and how you say them. I mean, even we don't know generally a couple, maybe, but otherwise we're just like, what is this? <laughs> yeah. So this, um, and like with this, <coughs> excuse me, with the latest book, my female lead name is Jenny because for some reason, the name Jenny in the 1970s just kind of fit in my mind what a blonde, a young blonde girl might be called. I don't know, na young, naive, young girl, young woman. So I was like, okay. And her husband's name is Kyle because I always liked the name Kyle. That was the only reason that other than that. Um, if you were able to spend a day with any author dead or alive, who would you spend the day with? Um, I would, if I could go back in time, my favorite Gothic is Sheridan Le Fanu. I am just obsessed with everything he's written because I, he would be key because how do you get all those stories out back in the, you know, the early 19th century and, you know, what did you write on and how did you do it? And I would, I would love that. Um, and I think a current author um, a current well-known author, I might like to chat with Anne Rice. Just how did you, how did you turn all this up? Because sometimes I mean, she just writes and writes and writes and, you know, I would, you know, just the process. Cause I don't really have a process. I mean, I just recently started organizing everything into binders and going through chapters and everything's handwritten except my type, my compute, my, the story, but I got to have a handwritten note and a list and to look back and forth at. And so I don't, have a, a high-tech process. I would like to, you know, blend the current and the, and the past and find out how they did that. What's been your favorite moment so far being an author? Mm, my favorite moment, I guess getting the first book, just that first time you get the book in your hand and it's printed, but I went, someplace the other day and I gave someone my business card, which just says author and they get all excited. And I'm like, it's not as glamorous as you think it is, but that's kind of fun because uh, the way people react to you thinking, you know, that it's really, really snazzy and fabulous and this, and it's really just me and behind a desk and going to the library oftentimes and, you know, running around by myself. But I think the first time I got my book, printed the first and I was like wow it's here it's I did it I wrote the story and it's accomplished so yeah and all of you know with this past year I had some book signings things planned to do and 
that all went out the door. So I'm looking forward to my first actual, you know, book signing, which I keep uh, putting off. Now Virginia's opened up pretty much. I could do one, but I'm slow. I'm slowly dragging myself to that. Yeah, um, I mean, you probably know the vaccination program over here has been amazing and I've had both of mine and I'm still anxious about being around a lot of people. So I get that, I think. <laughs> yeah, it's um, I've got a beautiful place where I can hold it. And I think my friends and others are everyone's, you know, vaccinated and feeling a little more comfortable coming out and doing it. But I still want it to be kind of a small, intimate gathering. So it'll happen. I'm just taking my time with it. Yeah, that's probably not a bad thing anyway. <laughs> and what's your biggest dream or your biggest goal? Um, I think, well, when it comes to writing, to finish up my other two series, I mean, I would love to see a couple of them brought to film, which I'm sure every author would, but I've got, I mean, I, I pet, pester away at a couple of directors, you know, just to see, because I think, I think there's so many indie authors out there with so many amazing books and that Hollywood just keeps regurgitating the old and it's like, come on, let's take some time and look at these new characters people are putting out. I think there's a lot out there. I would like to see something like that, but if not, I would just like to know that I created some entertaining books, entertaining ghost stories. I'm not writing, you know, high literature or anything. I just want people to read when a, when a, person tells me they got goosebumps or they cried a little bit. That's, that's great. I know I did it. Or if someone says it, you know, they were awful characters. Oh my gosh, I couldn't stand them. I was like, exactly. So that makes me happy. Um, do you have any fears or phobias and would you write about them? Um, I'm working on a little ghost story now about a little uh, little boy on, at, at my favorite seaside village. My biggest fear is really dark, deep water. And I love the water and the ocean, but you get me, you get the, the dark where you can't see what's beneath and that I don't do well with that. Um, I've been in a little, you know, tourist submarine uh, in Hawaii and just getting into it was, it was tough because the waves and you're rocking. And once I got underneath the water, I was fine, but um, I'll probably touch a little bit on the water thing with this seaside Gothic ghost story I'm working on. That's, um, but I, I'm good with haunted houses and cemeteries. I, I'm not afraid of them. So they're always in my books, obviously. But um, yeah, the water thing is not for me. Totally get that. Totally 100% get that. <laughs> yeah, I like to swim. Uh, yeah, stick me in the over the deep ocean and I'd freak out, I think. Oh, no. Yeah, I don't, I don't know how people do it. Um, I yeah, I just, I'm, I'm good. I like to kayak. We have the Shenandoah River where I live. And in the summer, it's very low. And if it hasn't rained, it's crystal clear and you can see the bottoms. And that's, that's perfect. I can see when I'm floating over and you just float, you know, there's no rapids, no crazy rapids where I live. So, yeah. <laughs> awesome. That sounds amazing, actually. <laughs> Not like our River Thames, it's polluted and you can't see in it and it's just rubbish floating past. Oh, uh, yeah, they've done a lot of cleaning up our river and it flows into the Potomac River and, you know, then into the Chesapeake Bay. But there's spots where it's just calm and 
clear and, you know, you can see the birds and the turtles and the fish. And it's, it's like a, you know, I like that. That's my speed, just floating. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that sounds lovely. What do you like to do when you're not writing? Uh, what I like to do, well, other than going to the cemeteries, because I live in the, I live in the Civil War area, so there's all sorts of battlefields. I like going to the uh, the battlefields. Um, we have a lot of vineyards in Virginia, and I do like going to the vineyards because most of them are set so far away. You're just all you see is the the vines and the mountains, and that's it. It's very quiet. Uh, and taking little drives. I love the ocean. I have not been back to the beach. It's about three hours, but I need to get back to the beach this summer. So um, yeah, the beach, cemetery walks and vineyards are pretty much my, my thing. I just love going to historical places and learning. There's just, you know, if you can't get away, there's always some place to go that's, you know, related to history. Yeah. And if you were only able to go back to one period in history, which where, where would you go? I probably, I romanticize the Old West. Um, I'm not sure if I'd want to go there. So I might go with the turn of the century, um, probably turn of the century, maybe New Orleans, um, maybe New York. Again, I mean, they're always romanticized, but I'm fascinated by that time period where, you know, architecture and building and all of that. And I mean, I grew up in Idaho, so there's the old West aspect there, but I also know how tough and rough it was. I'm not sure, not sure I'm suited for that. <laughs> I think I need a parlor room and tea and coffee and wine. That's more my speed. When I ask that question to British people, they want to go back to Victorian London generally. I'm like, but there was disease and there was no anesthetic and there were no antibiotics and they sawed your leg off with, you know, and I'm like, why? Why would you want to go yeah. back there? No, thank you. I'm going to stay here with the modern medicine thing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's easy to romanticize. And then, you know, you if you know the nitty gritty, then you're kind of like, well, maybe not so much. So uh, maybe pop in for a couple of days to Victorian England and then, you know. Yeah, pop. and then very much pop up. <laughs> no, thank you. <laughs> um, and... If you were to have a superpower, what would you choose? Probably to be able to fly. You ever have those dreams where you're you're running, but you're going really fast above the ground or something, and you can just, I think, just, you know, being able to fly would be great. I, I think that would be the best thing. Because, I mean, yeah, flying. So I was asked this question and I said invisibility because I'm nosy. <laughs> and then someone said I could start messing with people and tap them on the shoulder and stuff. I was like, oh yeah, actually that would be fun. I should do that. <laughs> yeah, I think I would like to just to be able to fly, fly over the, the ocean, fly over, you know, the mountains. I think that would just be the coolest thing. Yeah, that would be amazing actually. Um, if you were to invite four famous people to a dinner party, who would you invite? Oh, dinner. Um, I would, I, well, I would get, yeah, definitely Sheridan Le Fanu. Um, 
Gustave Flaubert, who wrote Madame Bovary, which I've read that book a million times. Um, probably one of the Lewis and Clark explorers, because I growing up in Idaho, we learned all about Lewis and Clark come, coming through and probably Abraham Lincoln. I think that would be um, a good match. They're all men. Um, yeah, but yeah, I think that would be, those would be my group of people from all those different time periods, but. Um, yeah, yeah, you could just sit back and watch and let them all talk and just learn. Learn and listen. I think that would mean, I think I would like that. I think, I think that Flaubert was my first real introduction to uh, that Victorian literature. And um, I, in college, I had to take a last minute literature class in college. And I just randomly grabbed that book as my senior project. And I fell in love with it. And I was, I, I thought that Emma was a very sympathetic character. And I remember my classmates, oh, she's horrid. And I'm like, but she's sympathetic. And I just loved her. And I, you know, so I would probably want to, you know, chat with him about that since I think he got arrested for publishing it or they tried to put him on trial for writing something against the morals of society. So, you know. Uh, do you get much chance to read now? Um, not as much as I like. I've been trying to learn how to tune my ear to audiobooks. And so um, I've now that I have a new vehicle that's with all the bells and whistles, I can listen to audiobooks in the car easily. And, so, and since my books are going into Audible as well, I thought I need to learn about this. So I've been listening to a lot of them. Um, and now it's affecting the way I write because I want my conversations and things that I'm writing. How is that going to sound when someone's talking to them? But I've been listening to a lot of Audible, um, some classics, you know, Pride and Prejudice, things like that. And um, newer ones, some independent authors that I've not heard of, you know, just trying to broaden my listening a little bit. Um, I still make time for, I try to make time for my indie author friends as to support them. I always bump them up the list. And um, so I'm, and I've got the Kindle, which is great, but I do like to get paperbacks when I can. It's just, you know, it's nice to have. And so I'm, trying to, I know a lot of people read a lot and I don't know how they do it. So I'm, I'm padding it all with audible books. Yeah, I, I'm terrible. I can't concentrate for long enough to, for audible. I can't listen and not, you know, do anything else and take it in. So I'm, I just read. <laughs> yeah. I tried the other day just to do dishes and listen to the book. And there was no, it wasn't happening, but if I'm in the car, I'm okay. Cause I can listen and you know, run my errands and I might just listen for 15, 20 minutes at a time, which is probably about as long as I'm going to focus on it. And, um, but that's what I'm trying to learn how to, it's just a whole nother area. So I'm just trying to learn it a little bit. What do your friends and family think of your writing? <laughs> I probably have the same thing that most people, my husband is very supportive of my writing. Um, that's why I write full time. He listens to my on and on about ghosts and this and that, but he doesn't read my books, which is fine. He's had to listen. Um, my big sister is probably my biggest supporter in my family. 
um, I have two grown children and they're like, Hey, that's great, mom. You know, cause they were like, let's stop at the cemetery with mom again, you know? So, <laughs> um, so yeah, I think my big sister is, and my husband always, always telling anybody he knows that I've got the books out and things, but it's kind of a, you know, they're just like, okay, you know, I, I, it's like, I, you, I, you know, can't, can't expect everyone to want to read a ghost story when people say, ah, I don't read ghost story. I'm like, what, well, how can you not? But, um, you know, that's fine. Um, you know, my husband supports me, which is most important. And my big sister loves, loves it. And I've got a couple of friends that are artists in the artist industry. So they understand what goes on with all of that. So it's good, you know. Yeah, that sounds nice. Yeah, I know a lot of um, partners and family aren't interested generally. So it's quite common, I find. They support them. That's awesome. Yeah. <laughs> um, so what did you say you were working on at the moment? And then what's coming next for you? I'm working on trying I'm a, the pale shade of winter is I think it's just going to be a two book series. I'm trying to finish book two. Um, I'm trying to finish the final book in my Redwood trilogy and it's almost done. So I'm pushing to get those done. And then I've got the historical fiction book I'm working on, but I find that the pressure is less in writing. And if I know it's going to be just a short novella, one-off ghost story. So I'll probably have the little, uh, book about the, the seaside ghost boy. I'm still working on that done sooner rather than later. Um, I think if the story comes, you just got to write it, you know, and I'll, I'll put things around, but I need to finish up those other two series. I think the readers are like, where are they coming? When are they coming? And you want them to not lose interest in it. So I need to finish those up. I'm hoping to at least have two books out by the end of the year. We'll see how that goes. Awesome. Well, I don't think I have any more questions for you unless you think there's anything I haven't asked you that you want to tell us about. Um, no, I guess if anybody wants to find me, I'm lbstimson, S-T-I-M-S-O-N.com. I finally got a .com because I figured I better get, at least have a .com. So I invested in that. I try to keep it updated, but yeah, I'm, or, you know, QMP, question mark press, you can find me there if you're interested in the books or the audio, but no, this has been great. Thank you so much for the opportunity. You're very welcome. And do you want to just hold your um, latest release up again, just to remind everyone what it looks like? Yeah, it's the, I'm waiting on author copies. And so ignore all the, the slips, because those are notes to myself, but it's the farm, I guess it's for, it's reverse, the farmhouse at Peace and Plenty. Had to change the name a little bit, but um, yeah, it's a real location. And if you go online, you'll see actual drone footage that uh, Matt Rayner put together from my drone of the actual house. So you get to fly over and through the driveway and see, maybe spot a ghost. <laughs> put a link to that on the video actually as well. So people can see, because okay. I imagine that. Yeah. That'll be great. <laughs> we'll see, well, right. thank you very much. <laughs> All right, thank you.